your Locked On Avalanche, your daily podcast on the Colorado Avalanche. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Avalanche fans, welcome to the Locked On Avalanche podcast. New intro. I kind of dig it. So, uh, yeah, you'll be hearing that at the end of uh, the beginning of every show. The end will still be the same. You'll still hear my daughter with the Go Abs Go chant. I'm not changing that. So, uh, but yeah, welcome to the show. And today we're going to be talking more about the game two loss. We will hear from some Avs players following the loss. Uh, talk about kind of what the Avalanche need to do to get back into this series, which is not impossible. I know you know you you search high and low on social media and. You think it's doomsday and the apocalypse, but uh, things aren't looking good. You know, I'll grant you that, but it, it's not over. That's why these are seven-game series, or up to seven-game series. So we'll talk about that, and like I said, we'll have the press conference. Uh, Gabe Landeskog is is heavily involved in that one, and you'll hear just kind of what they had to say afterwards. So before we get into all that, follow the show on the social media outlets on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche. On Instagram, search for Lockdown Avalanche and send any questions, comments, concerns, opinions, anything on your mind to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. So, right, we are down 2 to nothing, and I think the, the main thing for the Avalanche and for Avalanche fans is the way that they've lost the games. That they, they are, with the exception of the first period and half of the second period in game two, this has been a Dallas series. They have really kind of held the torch for this this entire series, for, for both games, for the majority of both games. And I think that's where fans and maybe even maybe it's even creeping into the minds of the Colorado Avalanche, although I'm sure it, it's it's much shorter in their minds than in the fans' minds that man, maybe, maybe they just, they're the team that just has it over us and we couldn't beat them in the regular season. We had a great game against them in the round Robin, but that was very early on teams were still getting their legs and getting back into game shape. Do I think the avalanche are thinking that they can't beat this team? Absolutely not. They they know that they can beat this team. They know that they have a very good team. I think it's the perfect storm of Dallas playing out of their minds, but Dallas playing within their their means and their game plan, and the Avalanche doing the complete opposite, not playing their style and playing out of their game plan, which is playing right into the hands of Dallas. Number one, why would why would the Avalanche quit? It, it's a it's a two to nothing lead. Teams have come back from that, uh, and like I said, I think this team definitely feels. Like they can think about just the the last series that the Avalanche in were again against the Arizona Coyotes. They they were what Dallas is in this series. They they the, the Avalanche were the team that was the dominant team. But what happened? Colorado was up two to nothing, and then Darcy Kemper puts in that fifty plus save effort to get Arizona a win, and for that day off. The talking heads and people in the media were like, maybe, maybe Arizona has a chance. 
they're going to need to heavily rely on Kemper. But he maybe he's up for the task. And the avalanche completely turned that around. And, and you know, the rest is now history. But there was a period of time where we were talking about this being a series. And this, you know, the avalanche going to be in a dogfight from here on out. When I did the show, uh, the I did the crossover show. It was the Locked On Ducks slash Locked On Coyote show. I picked the Avalanche to win it in six. The the uh, other host picked it to win the Avalanche to win it in seven. So this is not you know just this is not just over because the Avalanche have been dominated. I know it might feel that way, but. These guys are professionals. They are, I can guarantee you they took that day off and are going to fine-tune some things. I think because in the Avalanche mind, I think most of them are thinking, we lost these games because we didn't play our game plan. Sure, give Dallas credit on a lot of things, but if we stuck to our game plan, maybe these outcomes would have been a little bit different. So I think they are really going to hammer home, we need to play within our strengths. And if we get down, we can't panic. We can't hang our heads. We can't change the way that we've been playing. We have to stick to our game plan because our game plan has worked in the past. We've been down in the past and have come back and won games. Obviously, every team does that. But I think in the playoffs, you push a little bit more. You you try to do things out of the realm of your comfort zone and you're pushing and you're pressing and you're not playing your style of game. And that's what happened to the Avalanche. Um, now the one thing you can't do, you can't get down against Dallas and you can't get down by multiple goals. If you're down by one, obviously, you know, anything can happen where you get that goal. Avalanche did that a couple times. They got down by two, got a goal to get back into one, but you saw how difficult it is to get that second goal to pull even again. Dallas's defense was incredible. Um, I think they are going to rely heavily on that. I think they realize if we can get a lead, Colorado struggles against us. Now Colorado will adjust their game plan to kind of best Dallas's D. But the number one thing is you can't get down. And and that's what they did in game two. They did not. They, they scored the first goal. They scored their first two goals. And then it was just a freakish series of events. The five-on-three just absolutely killed them. That five-on-three doesn't happen. This is a completely different game. I don't know. I can't, you know, say if the outcome would have been different. But I don't think this would have been a defensive struggle or, I guess, an offensive struggle for the Avalanche if that five-on-three never happened. But that's the what-if game. And, you know, that, that is just... What somebody like me does look back in hindsight and say this, you know, if this didn't happen, Avalanche aren't doing that. Avalanche are looking at this and saying, we lost this game. We lost this game because we didn't play our style of game. And I think that's the right mentality to have. They're not saying they're not pumping up Dallas and saying, well, we have to adjust our game to to go against how they play defense. They're saying we need to get back to what made us the number two seed. And I think they'll do that. I think these two losses really have kind of really calmed them down. But now their back is against the wall. So what are you going to do? 
Uh, like I said, two nothing is not an insurmountable deficit, but you want to see them play better. If these games were back and forth, and it was either an overtime loss or you know a, a, a late goal, it was tied and it was a late goal by Dallas, and that's how you lost these games. I think we would be feeling a little bit different because we were in it till the end and we just didn't get the lucky break to have a a game-winning goal. But because we've been dominated, which does not happen a lot to the Avs, it doesn't. I think that's where our panic is setting in. So I think we want to see the Avalanche obviously win this game. It is a must-win game. There is no, no doubt about it. You know, you, you, you lose this one and maybe you'll win win one to get back, but you, you are I mean how just I've said in the past it's very difficult to beat the Avalanche four times in a series, as long as they're not killing themselves, which they're kind of doing. The same can be said for really the same can be said for a lot of teams in in this these playoffs. The way Dallas has been playing, it's going to be difficult to beat them four times, but the key is the first goal. And I know that's very simplistic to say that, but it is, especially against these guys, because they will hang back and play D. And you saw if you really weren't paying attention to how they're playing D and just getting frustrated at the Avalanche's offense or inability of offense, uh, then I would pressure you to go back and watch the third period again and don't focus on Colorado's inability on offense focus on Dallas's defense because it was impressive and how do you eliminate that don't be down by two goals so and the avalanche clearly have the offensive firepower to score goals we've seen it happen so that's going to be the key in in game three so yeah it will be it's it's going to be all or nothing, and I think the Avalanche will will come out come out swinging. They have to. <clears throat> so uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back <clears throat> and hear from some of the players after the game uh, on game two. Uh, before that, <clears throat> we're going to hear from DoorDash. And in these crazy pandemic times, you still want to go out and eat, or you want to have food delivered to you, and continue to support your local restaurants. They are counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed or open in some small capacity, they're still open for delivery. And you can get that delivery with DoorDash. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. So just get the DoorDash app, select your favorite local restaurant, and your food will be left at your door. And right now, our listeners can get $5 off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you or uh, excuse me when you download DoorDash app and enter the code locked on NHL. So $5 off and zero delivery fees on your first order. Download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter the code locked on NHL. Don't forget that code is locked on NHL and $5 comes right off of your order. All right. Take a quick little break and we'll be right back with some press conference. Gabe, tough loss. Uh, guys had it all going on. You played a perfect first period. Uh, it's all going well midway through the second, and just a penalty, a couple failed clearouts, and it's two-two. Did you guys just get knocked back on your heels a little too much mentally? You think after that? Uh, I mean, I, I think like you said, we, you know, we got the hand, we got the game in our hands there. 
uh, really through the first 30 minutes of the game and then until they get a power play. And then I think it's a soft call to get them a five on three for almost two minutes. And obviously they capitalize and, and uh, it's two, two hockey game after that, you know, they, they get a bounce and they get a lead. And then that four, two goal, I don't know how they're going to explain this one. I mean, I'm, we're still waiting for an explanation on this one. I don't, I don't know how that's going to happen, but either way uh, we got to find a way to, you know, get some more scoring chance in the third and, and, and find a way to get some more pressure on Kadobin. But, um, you know, I think it just, some reason we couldn't get back on our feet after, uh, after that, that second period. Yeah. Um, Pavel, you probably had the best view of anyone on that puck. Did you, did you ever see it across the goal line? Oh, I, I think, honestly, I think it was like under top of my pad. So that was like, in front of the the goal line all the time, so I don't really know what the rest saw. But uh, as as Gabe said, it's a it's a tough call. Thanks. Take the next question from Ryan Clark, the Athletic. This question is for Gabriel and Kale. I know it's just a two whole. It's just, you're just down two games to none. But what is the conversation like in the dressing room about? Yes, it's just two games, but at the same time, two more, and you're out of the postseason. Well, I think it's. I mean, you, for us, it's you know, it's a seven-game series for a reason, right? I mean, it's we feel you know more than anything that uh, we're in this thing, and you know, we've we've been up to to nothing before, and we know how quick it can turn, and and all of a sudden it's a tie series. So uh, for us, it's like I said, it's a seven-game series for a reason, and um, there's no quit in this group. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, um, it, it's going to be a anything can happen here, and um, obviously next game is going to be important for important one for us. But um, uh, it, it's going to be a battle. But I mean, we just got to stick to it. Reef Dean, Mile High Sports. Game, Kale, this one's for either one of you. It looks like early on in the game, your guys' power play was rolling. Both of the goals were scored really early on, on, on the first and the third power play. But as the game went on, it seemed to get a little bit more uh, disengaged and maybe it wasn't, you know, creating the chances that it was early on. Could you just talk about the power play and what was happening as the game continued and you guys got those late chances? I think a power play was pretty decent up until our last one in the uh, in the second period. Up until that point, I mean, we're creating scoring chances. Even that five on three, I feel like we have some good looks and just weren't able to to capitalize. And and uh, and then the third, it just uh, I don't know. They're, we're gonna have to watch the tape and and figure it out. Uh, wasn't good enough in the third, but uh, we'll take that as 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 usual. And as always, we we watch the tape and uh, see what's good and see what we can do better and, and move on from there. Mike Chambers, Denver Post. Gabe, you mentioned the uh, the penalty that put them on the five on three, but I was just curious. The penalty on Gerard seemed like the softer one. Which one of those, or both of them, did did you think were, uh, I guess, not uh, uh, taken or 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 deserved? I'm sorry. I don't know. I mean, that's. I'm not going to sit here and, and judge every single call that's being made. I mean, the, the call that I will talk about is their 4-2 goal. I mean, that's – Dan is behind the net on the other side. I don't know how he sees that the puck is across the line. I don't know how he points at the net. I think he realized that pretty quickly he messed up. Uh, once he starts watching the 
the video replay, I think he realizes that he just went off of Essa Lundell's reaction and, and, and pointed to the net and then uh, can't return it if there's no evidence. And we haven't gotten an explanation, and I'm excited to see what, what the explanation will be. Take a couple more for the guys. Dan Rosen, NHL.com. Yeah, uh, Gabe, this is for you. Bigger turning point for you in this one. Stars tying the game with the two goals on the power play, including the five-on-three, or you guys not scoring on your own five-on-three when it was 2-2? Which was bigger, do you think, in your mind? I don't know. I mean, probably us not scoring. I mean, you got to look yourself in the mirror first and foremost, and and uh, we have to take responsibility for that. Um, you know, it's just it's a good opportunity for us to get back on top, and, and we just didn't capitalize. It's just it's a crucial point in the game and, and uh, especially looking back at it and two minutes later, they score to make a three, two. Um, so, you know, but nonetheless, it's 20 minutes left to hockey and, and uh, we have to find a way to establish some more pressure in the third period. And we just didn't do that. Greg Wyshynski, ESPN. Hey, thanks a lot. Hey, Pavel, not to belabor this penalty stuff, but um, there was a lot of notice from people watching the game that uh, Corey Perry got away with a slash on you before the first penalty that uh, led to their first power play goal. Is that typically something that you expect to be called in a situation like that on Perry? I mean, I, honestly, like in that in that situation, when I saw the ref putting his arm up, I was pretty sure he's, he's going to call him. But I was I was kind of surprised that he's calling our guy. I didn't even see the slash from, from Girard. But I didn't see that at all. But in that moment, I was thinking he's going to go on, on the to the penalty box. I think the last question, Kyle Fredrickson, Denver Post. Hey, just one more for Pavel. Just I wanted to get kind of a more of a broad uh, analysis from you on, on how you felt you played tonight. Um, and also just your thoughts on being the go-to goalie now. Obviously, this, this team has turned to you uh, for long stretches, but do you really embrace that pressure of, of being a, a starting, you know, playoff goaltender? Yeah, I mean uh... – this is, this is something I've always dreamed about, so uh, it's a huge chance for me. And uh, so it depends on me how I take this responsibility and help the team to win four more games. And we can start from that. So um, I'm totally into it. I know I have to help the team more and uh, just help the team to win. That's my goal. Thanks, Gabe. All right, so there's a press conference with Gabe Landeskog. Kale McCarr and Pablo Francois. And before we get to our last segment, a note from Roman talking about erectile dysfunction is not easy. And usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or sorry, honey, I am just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate. Roman will ship it to you free, two-day shipping. The whole process is straightforward, simple, and discreet. Get started at GetRoman.com and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there is Roman. Complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. So go to GetRoman.com slash LockedOnNHL today. And if approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment 
Once again, it is getroman.com slash LockedOnNHL. All right, so what was said there? I, I, I kind of hope um, some people's minds were a little bit put at ease. And again, this was right after the game. So there's no panic in their voices, but there is some angst. And I know, you know, going after the refs is the easy thing to do. And there were, you know, a good amount of questions coming from the media about the refs uh, because I think the the media likes to uh, put blame on them before they want to put blame on their team. And when the answers come from the athlete, it's usually flipped. The athletes will put the blame on them first, but they still have questions about the refs. That's fair. The refs are not, uh, you know, uh, perfect. And and if they screw up on something, they need to be called out on it. And you heard Gabe Landeskog say that. And he said, you know, we haven't gotten an answer yet. Like I said, by the time they did this press conference, it was right after the game. So they probably hadn't received one yet. But he has a valid point. Um you know, the, how, how did that ref see Lindell's puck go in? And I completely agree with him that he was going off of the reaction of the player. Wrong thing to do. But, you know, the avalanche will look at themselves and like, we shouldn't have been put, we shouldn't have put ourselves in that situation anyway. Because I think it was Belmar who uh, gaffed on the puck in the offensive zone to begin with. So they'll look at that and point to that and say, like, that shouldn't have happened anyway. Um so Landis guy wasn't happy about that, about that. Clearly, the penalties. I, I'm more upset from a ref standpoint. I'm more upset from what Francois was talking about and the slash from Corey Perry. That one bothers me. Um, and he even said, I thought that they were going to call it on him. So did I. Or at least when I saw, and I talked about this with Kyle yesterday, when I, when I heard and saw Gerard going to the box, I thought to myself, oh, well, then it's a four-on-four. And when I saw it was a a power play for um, uh, Dallas, and then 15, 20 seconds later, another one, we, you know, that's, and then it all went downhill from there. Yeah, you can always point to the refs and say, why'd you call that? Why'd you call this? Um, I kind of stand with players on on the answers for this is like, yep. They missed that. They screwed that up. Shouldn't have been called. I question if that was a goal. Uh, but look inward first. Look in the mirror first. And that's exactly what Gabe Landeskog said. They said, same thing I did. It's a seven-game series for a reason. This isn't a three-game series or else we'd be packing and going home. It's seven games. They've been down to nothing before. They've been up to nothing before. So uh, th- there, there's no panic. Is there concern? Of course there is. They're, they're not in a position that they want to be in right now. But they're not thinking that this is over by any stretch of the imagination. And we shouldn't either. They, th- I think Jared Bednar came out and said he was considering moving Gabe Landeskog to back down to the second line. I like that move. I think Landeskog has been playing much better. Uh, so I think putting him on a second line might prop up that second line a little bit more because they haven't. Kadri's been a completely different player. He's playing hard, um, but he's been a completely different player than what, what he was in Arizona. Um, so I think he might need some assistance. And I think bringing Landis to, to that line 
would help. Who do you put up in place of him right now? You did you you put Nemetsnikov in there for the Arizona series until he got hurt. He's been non-existent. I don't think Bednar's too happy with him. He had nine minutes of ice time, uh, and Bednar said something to the effect of he hasn't earned it right now. Burakovsky, Kyle and I talked about him yesterday. Burakovsky's just not. He's he's there. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to say he's non-existent, but he's he has, he is afraid to pull the trigger on shots, uh, and you can't do that if you're on that top line. So I don't know who you would move up to the first line right now if you're bringing Landeskog back down. We'll see. We'll see what he does. He also, this is Bednar, said he has toyed with the idea of bringing up some of these young guys uh, like Bowers and Timmons and Byram. And I think he's he's uh, thinking twice on that, and I think he said that he's going to not do that and stick with his veteran guys, which is the absolute smart thing to do. You cannot bring in untested, unproven rookies, more or less. Um, and say, hey guys, we're down two nothing in the second round of the NHL playoffs. Have at it. So I, 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 maybe he just said that to light a fire. That's the only thing I can think of, because I, I, I cannot imagine you would bring up one, two, or even th- all three of those guys right now uh, t- to take the place of an injured player. Absolutely, but to replace the players that you have in your team right now, no. So, yeah, that, that's my guessing is uh, he said it just so the guys that are on the roster right now pick up their game a little bit. And they have to. And now is the time. So we will see. Hopefully tomorrow, we do tomorrow's show, we will be uh, in a much better mood, in a much better space, and feeling like we are back in this thing. Let's hope for that. We got to. Really, the season is on the line. I know it's not over if, if they do lose this game, but uh, we we this this is must win. This is must win time. So, all right, guys, that will be it for today. We will see you guys tomorrow, hopefully with a two to one series. All right, guys, have a good night. Here's Jovi. Go, Abs, go.